Hey, it's good to see you today. It's Valentine's Day, and I'm so glad you're here today. Uh, grabbed a cup of coffee if you're at home with some other people, and you're gathered here. And uh, I'm excited to really share some things about Valentine's Day that I think are so powerful. Uh, this love thing is kind of a big deal. Did you know right now they believe there are over 100 million recorded love songs throughout the world? And they're still writing them. And they're writing them in every language, on every continent, because this love thing is really part of who we are as human beings. You know, one of the greatest definitions that we see in the book about God is God is love. It doesn't say that love is God, but that God is love. And I think as he made us in his image, he gave us the capacity to love and to be loved. And I think that's why we celebrate today. And I am so glad that you're here and that we can do this. Because love really is a big deal. Do you remember the first time you got a valentine? I remember that. I was in fourth grade, and the teacher broke out all these little, really kind of cheesy little Valentines and passed them out and said, give Valentines to each other. And I remember kind of like I was Charlie Brown. I got a Valentine from this one person, and I was so excited because I got a Valentine. And so all through human experience, whether you're a little kid or an adult, this thing about love really is a big deal. And you know, that's really one of the reasons that Jesus came to earth. And I want to believe today as we unpack some things, we're going to visit in this series, a series in which we're seeing Jesus ask questions. And as he asked questions, sometimes he didn't answer them, but it brought things to the surface. And so we're in this series and this series is going to have to do with love this day, this message. And it revolves around one of his disciples, a guy named Peter. And we're going to get to see Jesus really show love to a guy, Peter, who probably felt so discouraged and kind of crushed in life. You know, we can step back now to a time in which in those last days of Jesus' life, so much was going on, so much was out of control. The disciples in their world and what they thought was going to happen really didn't happen. And what they were told was going to happen, they didn't really believe it. And so Jesus is arrested and, and here's one of these key central figures, a guy named Peter. And Jesus had already told him, Peter, three times you're going to deny me and then you're going to hear a rooster crow. I don't know if Peter even believed that. But he found himself in the situation and under the circumstances, it played out. And then a rooster crowed. And I think at that moment, not in the denial, but when the rooster crowed, Peter saw, oh, this really happened. And I don't know if you've been in a situation like that. I don't know if someone near you has been in a situation like that. But I imagine Peter was crushed. You have to believe he disappointed himself. You have to believe he felt like he disappointed his friends. You got to believe that he felt like he hurt the heart of the one that he served for those years. 
And, and he kind of followed as kind of an outcast, no doubt, in those first few days. That's why I love how Jesus handled it. Because Jesus came to, when he rose from the dead, he said, go tell my disciples, go tell my disciples that I have risen. And then Jesus snuck this in and, and go tell Peter. And that's the love of God. And that's the love of God found in Jesus Christ and why he came on this planet in order to show us Father's love. And there he is in action, including someone. You know, love isn't easy. In fact, in relationships and in raising children and raising parents and whatever we're involved with, we realize that being able to love and receive love is a complex issue in the human experience. And Jesus, realizing that about Peter, who really walked into and through a failure, he reached out to him. And I think it's the heart of God for you and for me and for our relationships that I really want to talk about today. So let's join Peter. Let's join those questions. All of a sudden, Peter, post-resurrection, he decides he wants to go fishing again. And he picks up, which was probably John, and, and they got into a boat and another disciple, and they went out on the, the Sea of Tiberias. It was one of those things, no fish. Now, if you've ever gone fishing and you catch no fish, it's a no fish kind of experience. But as dawn was breaking because they fished all night, suddenly there was a solitary figure over on the shore. And that solitary figure just asked a question. Remember the questions of Jesus, John's series? Hey, have you caught any fish? And they responded, no, we haven't caught any fish. And then that solitary figure said, well, just throw on the other side of the boat. And then one of the disciples, we've heard this video before. We've been through this loop. That's Jesus. And with that, Peter strips off his outer coat. He's not even going to wait to haul in the fish. He's in the water, and he's swimming, and he's swimming. And with all of his breath, he reaches a shore. He's drenched. He's probably cold. And there's Jesus at a little fire. And I'm sure Peter sort of got up, and he sat down, and it was probably awkward at first. Peter didn't know what to say. What would Jesus say? But that fire was so warm. And his loving master, the Lord, was there accepting him at a fire. Jesus knew Peter was in that boat. That's why he showed up. And then the other folks came. They drug in the fish. They had a little breakfast. And then Jesus asked Peter three questions. Three questions. And he kind of gets an answer but as John said, it's not the answer that we were probably looking for. And so as they're there, Jesus all of a sudden says to, to him, Simon, son of John, I know your dad, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? That's an awkward question. And Peter said, Lord, you know, you know I love you. And then Jesus asks a second question. Simon, son of John, 
Do you truly love me? And Peter asked, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus asks a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter's a little disturbed because he didn't know why Jesus had to ask him three times. But you know, there's something so fascinating that doesn't come out in the English translation. Jesus actually asks him twice, Peter, do you agape me? The second question, Peter, do you agape me? The third question, Jesus changes it. And he says, Peter, do you phileo or friend love me? And the answer that Peter gave to Jesus in the first two questions was like this. Jesus saying, do you agape me? And Peter saying, you know I friendship love phileo you. And then Jesus says, do you love me? And he goes, well, yeah, you know I friendship love you phileo. And then Jesus swings it out of love and moves it to phileo. And Peter says, yes, I love you. And a lot of people have tried to figure that out. What we do see is Peter is not being tested in a bad way by Jesus. Jesus is not calling him out. Jesus is not disappointed in his reactions. Jesus knows his heart. But what he's doing is he's pulling him. He's pulling him to a higher level of love. And I love that about God. Because he can pull our relationships and pull our marriages and pull us as individuals to a deeper concept of love. I kind of believe that Peter didn't answer it with agape because he learned a lesson about saying big things the other night. And he wasn't really comfortable with saying, I've got this gospel love thing all down. And so he chose a secondary word, phileo. But the beautiful thing is Jesus loved Peter enough to take him to a place and to help him understand what love is all about. You know, this COVID thing has been hard. It's been hard on everyone. It's not like there's some part of society that hasn't been affected. You can find a place to live for a couple years like in Bermuda. Or you could maybe be on a sub somewhere and not know if you're under that water that long. I don't think that's possible at this point. But generally, it's affected almost everybody in the world. And we react in different ways. That's why the person in the shop is upset or maybe someone near your life has disappointed you or you've disappointed somewhere else or Due to all of the sifting that's rolling around in our families, we're not always our best. Peter wasn't his best when he denied the Lord. The people around us aren't always at their best. But I think like Peter, the people around us and maybe in the relationships we're in or our spouse, I think generally trying the best to get through to have courage. And in that moment, Jesus inserts himself into the deep, 
dark moment of Peter's brain and life and emotions and pulls him up. In a sense, Jesus could be saying, well, Peter, I'm about to lay on you a really heavy thing. And it's this. You need to be feeding my sheep. You need to be caring for my lambs. In fact, Peter, the church, is going to be on you in a lot of ways. And, and, And you know, Peter, phileo love, friendly love, isn't going to get you through it. It's got to be this agape love that really you can see one or two uses of it, once at Homer and once in the Septuagint, but it was really coined and picked up by the church and by Jesus. And it's a love that is stupendously amazing. It's unconditional. It can't be earned or deserved. It doesn't ask whether that person has the right to be loved. It doesn't expect that other person to love first and we reciprocate. It's a love that keeps no record of wrongs in our marriages and in our relationships. It's a love that says, yeah, you've disappointed me or I've disappointed you. But, you know, with every sun and every nighttime, a new day is coming. And in a new day, I can be a new person. It's a love that believes all things. It's a love that that really, believe it or not, calls us to consider the other person more important than us. It's an amazing love because it calls us to love whoever we may think are the unlovely and the lovely. Maybe it's easier to love this or love that. Maybe we think this and that. It's just hard. It doesn't matter where someone's been. It doesn't matter what they've gone through. Because they're made in the image of God, they can be and need to be loved with that agape love. And so Jesus is telling Peter, this is what it's all about. And Peter, I just modeled it for you. Because people will disappoint you. And people in relationship with you will disappoint you. And people may break your heart. That's why we forgive. People may try their best. And for whatever reason, it comes off wrong. And as a result of that, we are challenged in our thinking, do I love them? But this agape love, Peter, it considers the other person before yourself. It considers that I am modeling for you that even though you feel disappointed and even though you feel like you cracked and even though you sense that there's no chapter tomorrow because of what happened the other night, the reality is, Peter, I'm here for you. And Peter, I'll always be here for you. I will rise from the dead and I'll say, go find Peter. I will have that campfire for you and ask if you've ever caught fish in the middle of the night. I will cook a breakfast for you because I just love hanging with you. That tells me a lot about God. It tells me a lot about marriage. It tells me a lot about loving people out in the community that are sometimes, whatever we may think, are difficult and hard to love. I saw this, and I was just 
remarking to myself about how that reminded me of a small passage of Scripture that I found in, way back in this, this book called Isaiah. And they had love songs at this time. There's a couple love songs in the Bible. But so Isaiah is speaking, and all of a sudden God is speaking through him, and there is a remarkable section that just kind of blew me away. It, it caused me to look at myself. It caused me to ask myself about God. It kind of stunned me and kept me there for literally weeks thinking about the ramifications upon life. And, and it really connects with this breakfast where Jesus is calling Peter to a higher and a deeper love, that agape love shown to Peter, Peter, I'm with you. And, and it goes like this, Isaiah 65, it's really short, but, but listen to this. This is what God says to you, to me, to our marriages, to our siblings, to the church community, and to people in our world. This is what God said. He said, I revealed myself to those who didn't ask. I revealed myself to those who didn't ask. To those who didn't ask for me, I revealed myself. I was found by those who did not even seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, here am I, here am I. All day long I've held my hands out, to an obstinate people because like all human beings sometimes we just say no we just say no and so look at this for a moment God says this to a people who did not even ask for me I revealed myself let's take it apart for a moment and let's see God's agape love in that and so what it is, if I want to translate it, I could kind of translate it this way. I revealed myself to people who wouldn't get it unless I did reveal myself because in the universe, it's not self-explanatory. In other words, just in Isaiah, we hear about God that he is a God who hides himself. He's not like a gadfly who just shows up in an advertising to get the biggest hit, to get the most traffic, the most hits. He kind of hides himself. And that's good to know because you won't get frustrated like, God, why don't you do what Madison Avenue does? Why don't you just throw it up on the Times Square because that's not who he is. In fact, what we find is that if God had not revealed himself, Science wouldn't find it. Our ingenuity wouldn't find it. Our brains wouldn't find it. He has to reveal himself. And so he says to a people who didn't even ask to be having this, I entered into their world. I initiated 
even when they weren't seeking me. And he says, I, I kind of came to them, and I'm like, hey, here am I. We do this thing called Seeker 6, and Seeker 6 on mhcc.life, you can still get into it. We ask ourselves these questions, and they're agape questions, like, can you prove that God exists? We talk about it. Number two, does God really want to be known? It's a good question. Number three, if he does want to be known, how has he made himself known? And generally, the people who begin to talk say, well, God entered my world personally. He initiated Every one of them say, God is initiated in my life. In other words, what is said here is true. The love of God doesn't wait till we get it, but that love just initiates. And he said, I revealed myself to those who did not ask me, found by those who did not seek me. I go back into my old life, my life. Was I so brilliant that I sought for God? He revealed himself to me when I wasn't necessarily seeking him. And it helped me focus back on my life, on the people and the situations and the experiences that he chose to show himself to me when I didn't even know to show myself to him. And this is the God that we're dealing with. So when I look then about what is agape love, we aren't talking about a God who stands offish somewhere in the universe. We're not talking about a God who says, look what I made in the cosmos, and then sits back and says, hey, seek and find. Let's play hide and seek, see if you can find me. We'd never find him. He's a God who walks into our life. He's a God who walks into our marriages. He's a God who walks into us when we're in despair. He's a God who walks into our world when we're lonely. He's a God who understands when we feel we've maxed out on this COVID thing. He's a God who is there, as we see in Jesus, when I feel like I failed, or maybe when I feel that someone in my family has failed. Every day is a new day, and the potential of that new day is immense. He's a God who doesn't just sit back and say, if you're smart enough, if you're ingenious enough, if you're the right kind of people, then I will show myself to you. He goes, hey, I, I just reveal myself because I love him. And so then I go back and I say, well, what does this all mean for this day of love, this Valentine's Day? People are a gift from God. Sometimes the easy people, sometimes the people we consider hard. They're gift from God. Every person made in his image. God just didn't have certain people that he had in his image and then others he didn't. <laughs> so when I think of someone at the store, I look at someone's life and I don't know much about them, but I know they're probably hurting because they're in this COVID time. Maybe they're not acting their best. Maybe they, they're being as courageous as they can. Maybe they're trying and trying and trying just to get through another day. And maybe in our life as, as, as people of love and people who follow Jesus, we can be there to show them a little mercy, to show them a little smile, to, to make their day a little brighter because it's not so bright outside at times. Maybe the people in my family are having a hard time. Maybe I'm having a hard time. Maybe my spouse is having a hard time. 
Maybe my kids are having a really hard time because it's Zoom in person, Zoom on person. They don't have a whole lot of life to compare that to because it's compacted and depending on how, what age they're in. And so maybe people act out in ways that we wish they hadn't. I bet Jesus had wondered if Peter would act out in the way he did. He did because he said three times and your rooster's going to crow. But it, 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 Jesus had the capacity somehow to love Peter in the midst of that failure. I, I think we're probably more fragile. We're strong because we're Jersey strong. But I, I think deep down, I think there's fragility in, in, in our lives, in all of our lives, if we care to admit it. And we need each other. If we're married right now, we're called to marriage, we need that person. They're a gift from God. And you're a gift from God to them. And your kids. And your parents. And your siblings. And this thing we call the church family. It's a gift from God. So tight they call us brothers and sisters. So, so my takeaway, what's, what's my takeaway on this? And it, it, it kind of goes something like this. Love initiates. Love doesn't always ask if the person deserves it or if they're qualified to receive my love or if they're the right kind of person. It initiates breakfast in bed. It initiates taking out the trash. It initiates... A gift that's not just on Valentine's Day. It initiates the different love languages and not asking of my spouse, you meet my needs because that's what marriage is. That's a way to really have a hard marriage. It's more like I'm here, you meet, I meet your needs and as I'm loving you, you're going to be loving. We're, we're going to find this agape love thing. It tells me, and it's a takeaway, that, that people are going to disappoint me. When they disappoint me, it's an opportunity to show mercy, love, and forgiveness, just as Jesus did. It, it tells me that people are in process and progress. Peter made progress. We'll make progress. Our marriages will make progress. Our parenting will make progress. We may not think that some people in our family or our siblings well, they aren't where we want them to be at any given moment, but guess what? They're in progress, just like we are. Sometimes they go through hard things like Peter did. But my takeaway is that God's going to have his way in, in their lives and in my life. It, it tells me that, that, that God reveals himself, even if I'm not seeking that gives me hope for people that don't care about God at all. It's not as if God's only working in my life or your life. He's working across the world in people's lives we wouldn't expect. And so it helps me to know that in my marriage, which I'm so happily married for all these years, God's working through Janine into my life and my life to Janine's life, and together we grow and see things of God. And we roll it together. And so when I think when Jesus sitting down with this, this Peter guy, it wasn't a song they came up. It wasn't a hundred million and one songs to be recorded. If it was, it was just a song of love. It wasn't like 
recording Peter's mistakes and how he blew it and strategizing how he doesn't do that again. He just said, Peter, I, I need you to feed my sheep. I need you to care for my sheep. And gave him a little picture into his future. It showed me about what love is. It coined this word agape. It's not phileo, this friendly love that we have on earth. There's arrows, there's all sorts of words for love. This agape word, this unconditional love, gets sparked in the life of a believer. As we know, when God's precious spirit develops that love, agape love is a fruit of the spirit through our lives. And so, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on that other person. Don't give up on the person that hurts you. Doesn't mean you jump in and just let them abuse you. I'm not talking about that. Don't give up on the people that are hard to God. And recognize that you're loved. I believe you are doing the best you can under these crazy COVID chaotic times and it'll end and we'll be stronger then as we entered this whole thing with that word and message so many now a year ago almost to this day or a few months future God loves you with that everlasting love sought you out revealed himself to you said here am I and did it through people through experiences, through a church, through a grandmother, through a mother, through a father, through a friend. Because he has a heart love and a passion. In a sense, we've all received a valentine and it's signed by a wonderful God personally who says this, I love you. And I always will. And I reveal myself to you. And let's have a beautiful life together. God bless you. Have a great day. And tell someone today that you love them. God bless.